This is Twa Teams, one street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, Dundee are up, Mickey Mellon has gone, what happens next? Hello and welcome back to Twa Teams, one street from the Evening Telegraph. It's a uh, George Cran here in the hot seat this week. Um, I'm afraid you'll have to put up with me. Uh, and it's been quite a quiet week on our patch. Not much going on, really. Uh, Dundee or Dundee United. Uh, I don't even know what we're going to talk about, to be honest. It's Oh, no, hang on. That was me think, dreaming of a nice quiet week over the summer. But this is uh, Dundee and Dun- Dundee United we're talking about. Uh, I've managed to blot out the, the chaos of this week out of my mind, but I've got more than enough to talk about. Um, Callum may have taken a week off, but he's managed to pick the week when Dundee get promoted, Mickey Mellon leaves Tannadice, and because he's such a good bloke, he's actually come off his sunbed and come to chat to us. How's it going, Callum? Oh, I can't know, mate. I had um, a decent week, kind of start to um my week my week off i had like the weekend it was fine um <laughs> obviously watched on on monday night delighted um to see dundee get promoted um and then all the speculation comes out about um mickey mellon leaving he, he has left now um and i thought you know what i'm just gonna have to jump back in here and and say my piece um because there's just too much juicy um stories going on on Tayside at the moment so um yeah looking forward to it mate can't can't stay away although the bear is staying away um, I th- I'm not sure where he is. He, he's off this week. I think he's still uh, wandering around the city, bleary-eyed, looking for the Dundee team bus somewhere. <laughs> I think, um, but I'm sure he's he's enjoyed his week somehow. But we managed to draft in a, a very able substitute in his place. Um, we've got former Dundee Dundee United Scotland defender and obviously a Tilly columnist Lee Wilkie with us. How's it going, Lee? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, as you say, a very exciting week and plenty to speak about. I hope so. Um, usually Bear gives us a weather update, so since you're in in, in his stead, I, I th- I'm afraid that, that role has come to you, Lee. So how's the weather? Um, dreary. That's a good <laughs> word for you. Single word, dreary. I'm back through in Paisley and it's exactly the same here. It's very, very dreary here as well. So um, it's good to see there's some consistency in the world. What a surprise. Um, Very welcome surprise, obviously. This week was uh, Dundee getting promoted. So I think since that's happened, we'll start on the happy side of Sandeman Street this week. Yep, Dundee are back, back in the top flight. After two seasons in the championship, uh, James McPeak has led his side through the playoffs, the dreaded playoffs. And uh, defeated Kilmarnock 2-1 on their own patch on Monday night after the same result at Dens Park a few days previously. Um, we'll start with you, Lee. Uh, what did you make of the two performances? Well-deserved, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I thought they were excellent. Uh, they, they played, they had a style that they stuck to. They, they had a game plan, every single player showed on the on the day and the night that they were willing to sort of give their all for, for the club and that's exactly what the fans sort of first and foremost look for. Um and I think the second game, you know, obviously I don't think they ever realised or hoped or dreamed that they would be two 0 up after such a short time. But then they got to the point where they just had to defend properly and and really stick together and that's exactly what they did. And I think that, that showed 
how they've been, not just the past two games against Kilmarnock, but just the past sort of two months, really, that everything's sort of clicked together for them. They've defended well. They've worked far better as a team than they have previously this season. And um, I think if they can take that into the Premiership, then, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good sort of starting point to, to build any squad around is to have guys who are willing to battle and fight for every sort of result. And a lot was made, obviously, the Kilmarnock performance and, and the kind of the way they defended, I suppose. But maybe that was because the contrast in it, how well Dundee defended their own box as a centre back you know, yourself, Lee. I mean, you must enjoy watching Lee Ashcroft in, in particular the, the way he attacks the ball. I thought Liam Fontaine was probably his best game for Dundee as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was. That was one thing I noticed during the, the two games. It sort of it stuck out to me a little bit how well organised they looked at the back. I think that could go back to, to months ago when the, they were obviously leaking some pretty terrible goals from a, a defensive point of view. And you could see that they were working on things and things maybe took a little bit longer to click into place than you'd hoped. But then for, you know, perfect for Dundee that it's all clicked into place and the sort of run up in these playoffs. And then watching that game against Kilmarnock, especially on when Burke had the ball on, on the right-hand side and he was putting deliveries into the box, Ashcroft, Fontaine's body shape, their positional sense was excellent. They were always close to Lafferty. The same with the two full-backs. They were able to put pressure on players at the back post whenever um, balls came into the into dangerous areas. And I think that just sort of summed up exactly how they defended. They were well-organised and looked like they'd worked on it, which is is a really important thing because I've said from from day one, Dundee should stick with McPake and you can see why is because they're working on things. Things don't happen overnight and um, it's clear to see that this work, this hard work's paying off now. And uh, yeah, Callum, we, we've discussed this many times on the podcast. There's been times when the, the manager's been under pressure, but I think the way the season's gone, it's probably just justifies the patience that uh, John Nelms and the board have shown and why they picked James McPeak they, they always expected him to come good and obviously he has Absolutely and credit to James McPake for getting the job done in the manner he has but also credit to John Nelms for sticking by his man and um, we know what they're like in the, the boardroom at Dens Park they do really genuinely back their managers and, and James McPake came out and said that after the, the game on Monday night um, because he was getting it from all angles really he was getting it from um, the fans, he was getting it from us in the media, I mean I'll hold my hands up and, and admit that there were times where maybe it wasn't quite calling for his head but I was, there was definitely big question marks over whether he was the man to take them forward but um, he's came good at the right time the last sort of dozen games of the season turned him into a right good team and I think what Lee was saying, he hit, hit the nail on the head there with that and you probably think that's the least you expect from a football club is to have a team but not all clubs have that you know, real team spirit where there's no standout stars but they just work well as a unit and I think Dundee have got that right now from 1 through to 11 and the subs you know just all seem to just fit into place and it'd be quite easy for guys like Charlie Adam uh, Jason Cummins to be the stars and to demand the ball and to try and do it all themselves but it's just such a strong unit and it's that's down to McPake for identifying the players and it's down to Nelms for backing them to go out and get those players you know, these guys, the quality, Legstons, Cummins, Adam, Byrne, So they don't come cheap, you know, Danny Mullen, Liam Fontaine, these guys that he's brought in, they've all made a huge difference this season. 
um, and really compliment the guys they had there already. Um, and I'm delighted, delighted for the club, delighted for the fans as well. And it's really testament to the club that it's it was only two seasons um, in the second tier to to bounce back. I don't want to sit here and start bashing United, but you know it took them four years to get out of that <laughs> league, so it's um, it's difficult. It's really difficult, and they've done superb to to manage to do it in just a, a couple of seasons. Yeah, no, no, you mentioned there about uh, Charlie Adam. I mean that took a bit of bravery, I think, from. James and Pig to, to pick up the phone. Obviously, managers want the best players they could possibly get. Um, but the, there would have been, and the, there were a few people saying, well, Charlie might be coming to become the manager at some point. So, that, as an inexperienced manager himself, that's something maybe other inexperienced managers wouldn't have considered because of that potential. Uh, I don't know aspect in the future, but James yeah. Pick certainly doesn't seem like a guy who's afraid of bringing good players into his team. It sounds a strange thing to say, but that there are more uh, things managers consider than, than just ability on the pitch. But um, I mean, obviously Charlie Charlie's been the big player this season. Lee, but he, he, actually, he actually said it was the uh, proudest moment in his career bringing Dundee back or captain and Dundee back to the, the Premiership. Um, it just shows how much the club means to him, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, he's been a massive, massive player for Dundee this this season, and I think you know it's it's obviously clear how much it means to him if he's if he's going and saying that uh, because he's had such a good career. You know, he's played at some big clubs, and um, I think that just showed how much it meant to him. But then, as you say, credit to McPake for getting him in there, and obviously McPake's had enough confidence in what he's trying to put together at Dundee to bring somebody like Charlie Adam in there. And, it, you know, there was a lot of people, myself included, that was worried about the the balance that you were going to have to sort of pull off and to get somebody like Charlie in the team because, yeah, he's coming to the end of his career and he's, his legs maybe aren't quite the same as he, he, he was 10 years ago, but he's still a, magn- a magnificent player. And I think what Dundee have done, and you saw this, I think, in the final two games, was... They got that balance absolutely spot on. We're having McGee back in there with Burns sitting in, McGee put in an unbelievable shift in against Kilmarnock in the yeah. in the second leg, especially because you know it's. I was watching it and I was thinking he was he's a centre midfielder. He's obviously one one of the highest centre midfielders in that sort of three in the middle, but he was going and pressing the goalkeeper when the ball was getting played back and, and just, you know, I was thinking to myself, he, he probably shouldn't be doing that, but <laughs> fair play to him for just having the willingness to just go and chase down the goalkeeper when the ball was getting played back and he, he was higher than Mullen and higher than So when he came on and he, he just put in an absolute shift and I think that, that for me, it actually sort of brought memories back when I played with Dundee when we had the midfield of Barry Smith, Gavin Ray and then Nimzadze. It was a really similar sort of balance where you had Nimzadze who liked to get on the ball similar to Charlie. You had Gavin who was box to box a bit like McGee and then you had um, Byrne who was similar to Barry Smith in that sense where he could rely on his positional sense and what he was going to do and the job he was going to pull off. So um, I think credit to McPake for, for find, you know sort of getting that together. It's got interesting kind of look back at those teams because they, they are it's almost kind of the same roles, isn't it? Um, and the, it's not going to be a, a complete loving for uh, the Dundee manager, but another decision he's got really right, if that's even a thing, um, 
is moving Jordan McGee. Uh, obviously, that, that took a bit of guts as well. John McGee's been a defender right his entire professional career. Although, as he's as he's told us, uh, he signed at Hearts as an attacking midfielder um, who looked to get in the box and score goals. But turned out he's bigger than the other lads, so they stuck him in defence, which seems a strange kind of back. I suppose it's a old school mentality, I suppose. But it showed a bit of guts and. McGee has been unbelievable in that midfield road. I'm going to throw out my stat again. He's still unbeaten. <laughs> Dundee are still unbeaten with, with Jordan McGee uh, running. They lost that game against Wraith because they put him in defence. I mean, it, it just it just goes to show calm, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it was a, call it a master stroke from James McPake to, to put him in there. He's put a lot of trust in him to go and do um, a job for him in that position. Um, I think yeah, he's still capable of playing centre half but I think if it, if if the last run's told us anything is no doubt he should be a stick on in the middle of that park um, week in week out going forward um, into next season obviously depending on who Dundee bring in but Adam, Byrne, McGee they work so well together they've got Paul McGowan in there as well so much experience so much um, nous and trickery on the ball um, Paul McMullen's been a fantastic signing as well um, he's, asked, he's also had to show a lot of faith in his goalkeeper as well to, to change your goalkeeper halfway through the season um, is a big call um, and he's just I, I don't know he's just struck done, on done it twice the perfect blend yeah well, yeah, you're right yeah, he's done it twice with with Ferry I suppose being in there for a bit as well but um, you know like he's, he's, he's just struck on the right balance at the right time and um, big credit to Cammy Kerr as well I think a lot of people were doubting um, whether he'd be able to go on and um, perform on a big stage like that in Jordan Marshall's absence. Obviously, Marshall's played his part as well, but um, Cammy Kerr, I know he's out of contract and there's a few other guys out of contract, but um, he certainly looks like he's done enough to to, to secure his future at, at, at Dundee next season. He's, well, he's, he certainly couldn't have done any more, I think, over the past uh, past few games. Um, the, there are a few out of contract, that, as you say. Um, James McPake says he wants to He'd be looking to strengthen, but he also wants to stay loyal to the players who won promotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's only going to go down well in the dressing room, isn't it, Lee? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, they, they've obviously got togetherness, as we spoke about, um, and they want to keep that. They want to keep that consistency. They want to then go and add another couple of quality players into that group of players that they've already got, which is you know, time went on this season. That's exactly what McPake was doing throughout the season. He brought in Charlie, brought in boys like Cummins and so and all these sort of players who, as we spoke about, have improved the team. And um, that's exactly what he'll look to do is keep this group and just improve it ever so slightly with some key key players. Um, they've shown already playing against Kilmarnock. Yeah, Kilmarnock were struggling. They obviously, you know, they weren't second bottom Um you know, because they were a good side, they were down there for a reason. So, um, but again, Dundee went and played against St Johnson in the cup and were sort of narrowly, narrowly beat and probably could have got something out of the game. So that again shows you that they're they're more than capable of competing with the teams up there. So uh, it must give them a lot of confidence for for next season. And I think, yeah, if McPake can sort of go into that next season with a pretty settled squad, looking just to add a couple of new faces then it's a, it's a great start for any manager really and where do you think he'd be looking to add um, I think a goal scorer I mean I know that they've got Cummins and so and Mullen but you know Mullen I think 
has proved this year that he's a he's a real workhorse up there, and he'll offer a lot to the squad. But what he doesn't really offer is is clinical finishing. You know, he did against Kilmarnock in the second leg because it was a great finish. But I think previously this season, yeah. he's sort of, if I could have you know one criticism, is is that he doesn't take his chances when he probably should. So if Dundee can can get a striker that can go and get, I don't know, twenty goals a season or whatever it might be. These things are, you know, these players, that's what everybody's looking for. So it's going to be tough. But if they can get somebody yeah. that can score a few goals from that, that can definitely take them to the next level. I think obviously they've got a decent sort of backbone with Ashcroft and um, Fontaine as well. You know, with the keeper coming in, I think he's added a lot of confidence to that back four as well. And he's got a real, you know, I think the, the second leg against Kilmarnock, he was so solid, the goalkeeper, and he came for every sort of cross, looked really comfortable. Apart from that, obviously, you know, moment that he gave the penalty away, which is probably <laughs> just a typical goal, goalkeeper's moment. But, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, You're lucky Dale's not on the podcast this week. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Tell the goalie's not here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, no, but I think the... You know, the, 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 all, all these players have added something. So you, you've got a pretty good um, base to that squad. So, you know, if you can, yeah, if you can add a goal scorer and you can maybe add somebody in the wide areas that can go and create stuff as well, then again, that might just take them to the next level. And then they've also got, obviously, some very good young players as well that have, have kind of come in and, and shown up really well in the last couple of years. Finn Robertson, Max Anderson, spring to mind. Calm, what do you make of their chances next season? Obviously, you've watched a lot of the Premiership uh, over the past season. Um, yeah. With United and, and, and St. Mirren. So how, how do you see this Dundee as they are at the moment, coping? Well, I think you saw them against Kelly, albeit a very bad Kelly team, second bottom um, in the Premiership. And they, let's be honest, they absolutely ran all over the top of them, steamrolled them, um, which to me suggests that Dundee, as they are right now with the same squad, I, I would imagine they'd be comfort, comfortable in the in the bottom half. Um, I think the ambition, um, like it is at United, is to steer clear of relegation and, and try and push for that top six. And um, you know they maybe do have to add a few extra pieces, but there's a lot of good talent in that squad. There's a lot of experience in that squad. Um, you know Charlie Adams played at the highest level. Um, Fontaine's played top flight football before Legston's played at a really high level. There's so many guys in there that, you know, Jason Cummins, I think he will score your goals in the Premiership. Um, I do agree with Lee, though. They, they could maybe look to to strengthen up top a little bit. Um, Danny Mullen isn't an out-and-out goal scorer. He's, he's a big game player. He's good in those moments where you need him. And he works really, really hard. And Osmond South is the same. I think Osmond South works really hard. And um, he's decent for a goal. Jakubiak's the same. But he's not really an out-and-out goal scorer. Um, he's got good pieces up there he's got good options but um, adding something else up top and yeah maybe a bit more someone on the left hand side I know McDade's had a good season and McMullen's had a great season on the, on the right wing but it's a big step up for these guys Declan McDade's not really played Premiership football before has he um, maybe a little bit as a kid at Partick but um, yeah there's, there's I, I think McPake is proven he's got really strong contacts in the game um, he can attract really good players to Dundee um, we've seen it in the past with Dorans and now we've got Charlie Adam and Cummins and all these guys. He'll find players. He'll find good players to add to that team. He's done a fantastic job. Um, I think all the criticism of McPake before was maybe 
tactical naivety. It was never his transfer dealings or his man management or anything like that. That was always spot on. But um, he's got the tactics right now. He knows how to put a, a winning team out there. Um, and he's got so much momentum behind him now as well. I think hopefully they take that without, you know, last season, I think United were hamstrung a little bit by having the COVID break and all that got in the way. Hopefully with things the way they are in the world now, um, you know, yeah, Dundee can hit the ground running um, next season. And of course, having a Dundee derby back is, is huge, not just for our teams in our city, but for the league as well. There's going to be all the big derbies, isn't there, with the, the old firm in Edinburgh, Dundee. Um, you can suggest a Tayside derby if you want, but I'm certainly not going to. But um, some, some people do count it. I know Charlie Adam definitely doesn't. Um, <laughs> but having that, having that big derby next season um, is great. And it's just just a terrific story, a nice way to end what's been a really tough year for everyone um, to have both teams back in the top flight. I, it is massive for the city, Lee, isn't it? Obviously, you've, you've been on both sides of the, the street uh, for the entire place, especially after the, the year and a bit we've had with all this pandemic and stuff, having the derbies to look forward to, and the teams kind of fight out for places and the table. That's, that can only be a good thing, can't it? Yeah, it's huge for the city, huge for all the fans. I mean, it's it's obviously been tough for everybody involved in football the past little while, just with fans not being able to get to the games and etc but it's it's you know you can't beat the fact that both teams both Dundee teams are going to be in the premiership next year and they're going to be playing premiership derbies you know that that's just so exciting for me as a as a football person you know and I think it's exciting for the people out with Dundee as well all the other football fans in, in Scotland I'm pretty sure would much rather have Dundee and Dundee United in in the premiership um, they bring so much in terms of fans, you know, away fans and all this kind of stuff as well. So it's 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 huge, huge for everybody and just adds a whole lot of excitement to the season. Um, I think there's, there's nothing better than derbies uh, for, in my eyes. And I think, uh, as, as I said earlier, if you're, if you're playing them in the top mm-hmm. league, then even better. And um, John Nelms, John Nelms gave an interview. I, I couldn't believe it, actually, when I, I was... I was in the stand and I saw him speaking to Sky Sports. Uh, it's just a surprise. He's, 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 I get on uh, pretty well with, with John when I, I bump, into, bump into him at Dens Park. He's a very nice man, but he doesn't do interviews really. Uh, maybe once a year, but obviously his team had just won promotion, so why not? He was he was out speaking to everybody. Um, and it was good to see, uh, to be honest. But he's... As he was giving those interviews, he, he said that um, obviously his team wants to compete next season. They want to copy St. Johnston. Um, so win two cups next season, James McPake, no pressure <laughs> at all. <laughs> it is, I mean, it is the, the blueprint, I suppose, for, for a lot of clubs uh, establishing themselves in the top flight and going after cups and things like that. The good thing is we should hopefully have fans back next season. It was great to see 500 fans in Dens Park, the noise they made was unbelievable. Every tackle, every throw-in one, no matter what it was, you could see the difference they made to their team. Um, Same couldn't really be said at Rugby Park. Uh, I don't think the Kilmarnock fans enjoyed their evening one one bit, to be honest. And they also waited outside the stadium, a lot of them, to... to, uh, well, say some not very nice things to the Kilmarnock players as they left. I'll not mention some of the, the words I had shouted. Um, but that, I mean, that's 
Exactly what it just feels like we're getting back towards it and by the time next season starts, Lee. I mean it's it make a huge difference to the game having having fans back in the stands just shouting at footballers. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll definitely make a, a a big difference. I think it it will then depend what they're shouting at footballers because it can go both ways when you're playing for Dundee and Dundee United. I think as well, like you know, they can they can be the extra man, but they can also be giving you absolutely tight when you're not you're not doing the, what you're expected on the pitch. But then that in itself is a is a good thing as well, and I think that's something that footballers need to to rise to if you want to be successful and you want to play for a, a good team and you want to improve yourself, then you've got to sort of, there's got to be expectations on you. And that's one thing that Dundee and Dundee United fans do for the, the players. They, they expect a lot and, you know, they'll support you 100% when things are going right, but they'll also um, give you the same when things are going going. Uh, going particularly well so it's it's um yeah it's it'll be it'll be really um really good to see fans back in uh, hopefully uh, hopefully things keep going the way they are and we're, we keep taking positive steps towards everybody eventually being back so um yeah fingers crossed yeah you can certainly see it uh in the performances of the Dundee players I'm not sure uh Dundee were gonna like come on uh have any joy to be honest the way they were playing but um, that's probably enough uh, talking up uh, James McPake and his successful Dundee side we'll go and talk about a different manager who has departed Dundee United on the other, other side of the street uh, yes the Mickey Mellon has obviously departed Tannadice uh, it's maybe a not unexpected for a lot of people that stories had emerged for a while all our teams interested and things maybe not 100% uh, Dundee United with with Mellon. Um, to, I mean, Calm obviously followed the entire season. Yeah, you, you said on Twitter that obviously not surprised. I mean, how how has it all come about? Yeah, I think what I said was it was it's the worst kept secret in Scottish football, certainly of the last wee while, in the last six months or so, maybe um, that Mickey Mellon and the club were trying to reach an agreement um, come the end of the season for them to part ways. Um, it's very much a part of the ways. I don't think it was a kind of a, a sacking or or him having a, a huge desire and a fallout to to want to leave as soon as possible. There was, I think there was an agreement that the two parties maybe just weren't um, suited um, to each other in the way that Dundee United want to go. Um very much the focus being on and the vision overall from the owners and from the sporting director Tony Ashkar for youth um, and and for them to develop their own Uh, and I don't think that's limited and they've said this on record in the past, it's not limited just to developing their own players, it's to developing their own coaches and that's maybe the direction of travel long term that they want to go, maybe not short term, Uh, maybe they'll be looking um, for another experienced campaigner to keep the ship steady I mean Mickey Mellon did a fantastic job I have to say in coming in and you know quite late in the summer after Robbie Nielsen's surprise exit for Hearts last year um, to steady them to, to bring in some good really good players Ryan Edwards Yondo Fuchs getting Mark McNulty on loan um, you know having them they were sitting fifth for most of the season um, you know real shame that they ended up finishing ninth but they were only a single point off St Johnston in fifth so 
um, a, a good league season, um, getting them back to Hamden in the semi-final. You know, um, I think we've seen development in a lot of players, um, particularly young guys, uh, Lewis Nielsen, Kerr Smith, Archie Mikkelsen. Um, maybe a bit frustrating for some of the bigger stars. You know, Benjamin Segrist has had an absolutely superb season. Lawrence Shankland is. Um, the way the style of play maybe hasn't suited um, him or, or any of the attacking players really and I think that's been the real bugbear of the fans is the way that Melm was playing football maybe didn't suit them and I think that's maybe coming from the club as well they want maybe someone who's a bit more attacking dynamic maybe a, a younger man um, someone who's looking to, to to rise through the ranks be hungry um, I think Mickey Mellon you know most of his life and, and his career was spent down south he's comfortable there I know he'd moved his family, he'd uprooted everyone up here. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's maybe not just gone the way he'd hoped or the way he'd maybe been promised it would go. Um, and there's been a partner of the ways, I think an amicable partner of the ways. And and United have got to start again back at square one um, with no manager over the summer and going into another big season in the Premiership. So um, it'll be interesting to see where they go um, for their next boss. But... Um, yeah, I imagine they'll be trying to get something sorted within the next couple of weeks or so. Um, I know that they, this had been, you know, because it had been in the offing for a wee while, um, they would have had a list of people and they would have had an idea of where they want to go. And now that it's all tied up, I think um, we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out which way that will be. Uh, and just quickly before I fire Leah a question, I've been suggested by our producer that uh, there may be few birds tweeting in the background that are coming from my end so that's that's <laughs> on me so don't adjust your uh your speakers or, or wonder where that's coming from apparently uh these windows aren't, aren't the best me <laughs> for keeping the sound out um it's definitely so not coming from paisley we've just got birds. like we've just got mad <laughs> rabid crows that call at you as you walk out down the street so not <laughs> yes, nice to be tweeting birds that you get an arrow so no that's on you george uh, lee uh, obviously reading your column this week um <laughs> You feel that maybe another manager has gone just a year after Robin Nielsen. This is maybe a backward step for for the club in terms of continuity and things like that. Yeah, I was just think when you know, well, just going back to what we were talking about with, with Dundee. I think Dundee are in the perfect place now to go and kick on and improve, and I think that's where Dundee United should have been this time as well. You know, in a position where the, the, they know the strengths of the players that they've got involved in the squad and the weaknesses, and they're willing to then go and bring in new faces to try and improve the club. And I think it's quite dangerous when you continue to change the, the manager um, every once a year, whatever it might be, because you don't get that continuity, you don't get that consistency, um, you don't get the, the constant improvement that you would expect from having a settled squad and, uh, like I said, tweaking little things every now and again. So I think it's it's a dangerous one for, for Dungeon United. But then them and Mickey Mellon have obviously felt that they're, they're both going in different directions. The club are obviously wanting, mm-hmm. you know, what it might be a certain type of football. It might be more young players coming through. It might be, you know, you don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but then obviously it's different to what Mellon's expecting. So I think... From if you look at it from that point of view, it's it's never going to work then. So they, they need to change it. So it's just disappointing that they are changing because, as I say, I'm I'm a big one for sticking with coaching staff, sticking with managers, and improving throughout the years rather than changing every every few months. But if that's what is needing done, then it's needing done. And I'm sure when the appointed Mellon back 
back last year they didn't think that this was going to happen but then that's was that's football and people have different views on how the game should be played and how how clubs should be moved forward so um you've got to respect them for that I suppose and obviously one season back in the premiership ambitious club that united are this is a a key moment you'd think the uh what you might say the difficult second album coming up uh to kind of push <laughs> on again They've uh, obviously a lot of players that brought them up from the championships. You, you need new players in uh, to continue to the momentum. And almost what am I doing? Momentum. Anyone <laughs> listening to this podcast in the past is, knows I have trouble with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, but Lee. I mean, it is a really important time that I think they have to get this one right, don't they? Yeah, it's it's absolutely huge. So it's going to be a huge season for them for the next three years, three, four years really, you know, or, or for the whole time they're in the premiership because it's the last thing they want is to is to be relegated back down to the championship. So they've got to get it right. They've mm-hmm. got to make sure it's, it's right for the football club, not just right for the development of their academy or the development of young players or to make money out of the game. It's got to be right for the club as a whole. And that's my worry over, over the next, you know, few weeks or whatever, how long it takes them to to make an appointment. I think it'll be obviously pretty soon, but I'm just worried that, you know, that they've got to get the balance right because the last thing they want to do is, is you know, in a season's, after next season, sorry, is to be back in the championship because that would just be an absolute disaster for the club because they've invested so much money in the academy, so much money in the first team, all the coaching staff that go along with the academy in the first team. And, the worst case scenario would be to get relegated. So they really need to make sure that this appointment and the balance that they're trying to create at Tardis is, is the right one for everybody. And obviously they've, they've made kind of clear since the new regime came in that the the game plan, as it were, would be to bring in players, develop their own players, uh, develop those players and then sell them on for a profit. Um, obviously they haven't quite done that yet but does the change in manager affect the future there's going to be speculation all, all season all summer with guys like Benjamin Segrist and Lon Shanklin and stuff like that do you think that affects anything Calm with a new manager coming in it might make them think oh I can't be changing manager every, every season maybe look for, a, for a, a new club or do you think that's changed anything I think they are putting all their eggs in one basket, aren't they? With with youth development and and developing their coaches that way, and trying to sell them on and and, and make you know Mark Ogden, you know I don't know he, he wants to make a profit out of this. You know, I, not many yeah. people who would run football clubs in Scotland make a profit, but he, that's that's <laughs> the aim. So um, that that's that's what's coming from the top. That's what's being filtered down um, to Tony Ashgar and then filtered down to the manager and the players and and so on. But um, yeah, is it going to make a difference um, to where players stay or go? I don't know. You know, Segrist has been linked with um, Celtic and Ipswich. Lawrence Shankland has been linked with every single club in the English Championship, pretty much in the last you know, <laughs> couple of years. Um, and they've got a, they've got a year left to run on their deals. So again, that's a very crucial juncture. And um, as much as Tony Ashgar, as sporting director, will have um, a degree of control over, you know, where they go or if they try and get them tied down to new deals, you know, but it's, it's, it's perched so precari- precariously that they, 
they need to either go now or, or risk losing them for nothing. So, um, you know, whether a new manager makes any difference to that or, or not, I don't know. But I do agree with Lee in that the, there needs to be a, a focus as much as the, the overall vision is to to focus on the youth. Um, there needs to be a, a real concerted effort to make sure that they're, they're a stable club um, at first team level on the pitch um, and they remain in the top flight going forward. Um, this next appointment, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, could be a dangerous one. Um, could work out really well. Um, could be a total masterstroke and it could um, you know, see United onto new heights or it could totally crash and burn. So, um, But I think that goes for any appointment. It's always a risk you take. Any player you sign is a risk. Um, you just don't know. Um, some are more risky than others. Um, obviously, the suggestions coming are that the club want to look to, to, to bring through Tam Courts from the Youth Academy. Um into the first team picture. Obviously, we knew he has experience. He's managed at Kelty Hearts before for a number of years um, in the juniors and at Lowland League level. He took the team when uh, Mickey Mellon was in COVID isolation for the, the game at Livingston at the end of the last year or the start of this year. I can't remember exactly when it was. but um, So he has got some experience. Whether he'll get it or not, I don't know. Whether he'll have an experience number two with him, whether it'll be... Um, I mean, Adam Ashgar, you know, he, he was the assistant to, to courts for those games that he covered for Mellon. So, um, you know, I think that's the direction of travel long term. But whether that's what they do in the short term and the here and now for the next season or two, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, it's a pivotal time for the club. Um, and, hmm. you know, wh- whoever comes in as manager is going to have a lot of questions to, a- to answer and a lot of, you know... Um, things to think about in terms of the first team squad and the overall um, mission of the club going forward and if it if it happens to be uh, Tam Courts to go for or or another inexperienced manager do you think that's a risk Lee do you, do you think at this point that they're needing a, a man who knows what to kind of prem- has managed in premiership football and big clubs before I think it's it's huge to go for somebody who's got a bit of experience I mean this is you know this is no disrespect to Tam Courts, but you know, I'm and I'm sure he'll be a good coach or manager in a in a in a few years' time, but he you know, he's he's just not got the experience. Um there's no way you could sort of coach at Kelly Hearts, then become, you know, head of tactical performance or whatever his role was at United and then go straight into the manager's job at, at Dungeon United in the premiership when it's it's such a critical time. Uh, and again, this is, you know, I don't want this to, to sound like I'm having a go at Tam Courts. It's, it's, it's not, it's just any manager in, in his position, with his experience, would struggle, I think. You know, and I think if, if Dungeon United want to promote their youth and then promote their coaching staff, then I totally understand that. But then the same should um, should matter for, for a coach, you know, you wouldn't put a young player into into a first team and expect them to play every single week and deal with everything that's thrown in front of them, so you can't expect the same for somebody like Tam Courts so if he was then to become assistant this season under an experienced manager with a view to him eventually becoming manager, then fine, I've not got an issue with that in the slightest, because he's learning his trade and he's sort of coming through the mm. ranks, which you would sort of need to do for any sort of job. You can't just suddenly come in as a labourer and become mm. operations manager. 
a, a company, you know, so it doesn't work like that. So you've got to sort of learn your trade in between. And it's just, for me, I just don't think Tam Coates has done that quite yet. And again, it's no slight on Tam Coates, it's just, it is what it is. And I just feel that the need to, you know, bring somebody experienced in to mentor guys like Tam and Adam Ashgar. Uh, and if they do it that way, then great. I've not got an issue with it, but it seems like it's just getting rushed through just now. If if they go ahead and go with Tam Coates and Adam Asker, then it's completely rushed and it's completely wrong. Well, we'll just have to... It's obviously a big a big summer at Tannadice. Decisions to be made. They may well be made by the time we're back doing another podcast. Cal might even be working that week. We'll have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 but, always um, uh, on call by the looks of things. Anyway, I seem to always just be like um, ready to go. But one one thing I will say is, for every yeah. kind of Julian Nagelsmann that you get, right, an exciting young manager, there's an Ian Cathro, and that's not a slight on him either. Yeah, that's the name I was gonna. Yeah. Sometimes it just, and then we've seen that. That's a good example in Scottish football. Sometimes it just doesn't click, especially at, like that was a huge club he was at in Hearts. And Dundee United are somewhat comparable in a way, you know, very big club in Scottish terms. Um, it's a huge job, and I, I know Tam quite well, and I've spoke to him on a number of occasions um, about his work in the academy. And he's a very, very good coach. He's a very bright guy, um, and like Lee says, I think one day, and this is where where I thought it would go, maybe in a couple of years' time, you know, he'll he'll maybe work under a more experienced manager. He was already kind of doing that under Mickey. Um, and maybe one day, yeah, he's kind of being groomed for for the manager's hot seat. But mm-hmm. um, if you're asking me personally, I, I I don't think that's the way they should go this time. But um, it's not my decision. It's um, ultimately going to be the club's <laughs> decision. Mark Ogren and Tony Ashgar will, will get their heads together and and talk out. You know, you've heard some of the candidates like Yogi Hughes and Stephen Robinson and, and Derek McInnes, and and some of them there might be some truth behind some of them. Others, I know there's not any truth behind them. So, um, which way they'll go? I'd like to see them go down that route more than I would um, the the younger coach. But you know, it, they could be could be Julian Nagelsmann. You never know. But um, there is always a <laughs> worry that you you get an Ian Cathro. So um, we'll see. It'll be certainly interesting <laughs> times ahead. Well, as I say, whether it is uh, Nagelsmann or Cathro, we may well have found out by next week. But unfortunately, this mm-hmm. week uh, we have run out of time uh, so thanks for listening uh, come back again in seven days time I suppose if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>